Well, so you kind of get two scriptures for the price of one today. In the gospel lesson we heard earlier in the service, Jesus offers two callings. One to Simon and Andrew, which we remember and we often talk about. It's a good line, right? Follow me and I will make you fish for people. And every preacher who has ever fished ever in their life gets lots of good jokes this Sunday every year. Raise your hand if you have heard a bad fishing joke from a preacher. I used to try and make them. No. The second calling, though, the second calling is interesting to me, to James and to John, because it has no words. The scripture just says Jesus called them. Something transpired between Jesus and these two brothers that was either so mundane that the gospel writers didn't think to include it, or so meaningful that it couldn't really be captured. And given what these two brothers do, immediately on the other side of this calling, I know which one I think it is. Because just a reminder, they left their livelihood, their property, and their father. I don't think it was mundane. How are we called or named or spoken to when there are no words? This is something that the psalmist thinks about clearly, as today we reflect on where God is in the silence. So listen. For God alone my soul waits in silence, for my hope is from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my deliverance and my honor, my mighty rock. My refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. In the balances they go up. They are to gather lighter than a breath. Put no confidence in extortion and set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase... Do not set your heart on them. Once God has spoken, twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God, and steadfast love belongs to you, O Lord, for you repay to all according to their work. So every Christmas, we hear again the prologue to the Gospel of John. And we are reminded of God's creative and redeeming power that we sometimes call the Word, but we always kind of call Jesus. Something that God spoke that participated in the speaking of everything else. Most of us, I think, live in words in interesting ways. We generally live in a culture that rewards a lot of words. Written, spoken, Often our lives are first spoken by others in the plans and dreams of our parents, then in the words that are taught to us by them, by others who love us, by teachers, by the church. As we grow, we come to think of our own lives as something that we can speak into being, something like a sentence, one word after another building up meaning and sense, Something that has a pattern and can be predicted, that can communicate something to others. And I would encourage us all to think about 
what we are communicating in our lives. That may go on for some time, but it will happen eventually that words are taken from us. The plans collapse. The complex road that we have charted for ourselves ahead into the future we so expected is washed out. And we suddenly sit in silence and uncertainty. We all know this silence. It is in doctor's offices, writing the tales of a diagnosis. It is at deathbeds and funeral homes. It hangs in the air the moment after a terrible loss, an accident, a shock. When people say they don't like silence, I think this is what they mean that they have known these painful silences too much and would like to have a respite from them. Or maybe they are telling us that they've never known them and do not dare to think of them lest, like an animal, they catch our scent and come for us. We all know, I think, that there is no real way to avoid these silences The psalmist knows there is no cure, no escape, no answer to those silences. They come to those of high estate or low, the psalmist says. Anyone who has sat in times of sudden and shocking change or grief will tell you, we still talk a lot about words in those moments. We talk about them as we flail around, desperate to catch one or two that can give meaning to our heartbreak, the heartbreak of those we love and long to comfort. How many times have you heard, I just don't know what to say, or there are no words, or words fail us, or I wish I had magic words. I will tell you, I often hear folks under stress and strain, struggling with how to show up for their friends in times of crisis. And the thing I hear all the time is, I'm so scared of saying the wrong thing. You can't say the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Let's leave aside the God needed another angel talk, shall we? Let's put that into the maybe that's the wrong thing to say. Other than that, I will confess in the graveyard humor that sits in our house from time to time, I once held a stack of loving and comforting cards in my hand and said, we use a lot of words to describe there being no words. But in that space in which we think only silence can live or ever will live again, something else is there too. For God alone, my soul in silence waits. For all my hope is from God. God speaks in the silence. Because there, where everything else has come to wreck or wreckage, there is the assurance that we are not 
alone, that it is not actually the end. Sometimes I tell people in the midst of these types of crisis and grief to just keep breathing because every time they breathe, it is not the end. They are still going on. The psalmist sits there and the presence of God is like a fortress, even as all is shifting. As all is uncertain, all is unknown, all the plans and words we had fail us. There's something like a possibility there of new life, and there is God. I heard a guy named Brad Stulberg talking this week. He wrote a book about change, and I loved just this little word play that he had. How many of you know the word homeostasis? Right, homeostasis. We have been taught that like nature wants to find homeostasis, which means... Stability, essentially, standing through sameness. And he was working really hard to get us to maybe shift to allostasis. I love this. Allostasis, stability through change. Because that's the reality of human life, right? Change, and we are seeking the way to be stable in the midst of all that changes all the time, all the way around us, all of the losses, all of the joys, surprises. Somehow in that silent space, that possibility, God has spoken, and yet we have heard it twice. Where have you heard God's promise twice? Because I bet you have in things beyond words. I hope that you already had words that matter to you. I hope that you have been told lots of times in your life by people how much they love and care for you. But I also hope that there have been things beyond words that have spoken to you and spoken that same promise. Because even if we already know the words, if we can rest and wait, even in the painful silences, I bet you that there will be some sign or symbol that will again break into your life and assure you of the promise. I know it because everybody who has ever lived in grief has told me that suddenly one morning they woke up and something like a bird alighted near them and assured them that they were there. Somebody once told me that the squirrel in their chimney was a sign that their loved one was still checking in on them. I said, that tells me a lot about your relationship. In our family, there are stars that we have found at just the right moment. I don't have the word for that. We are not alone. And what is more, we are called to be part of God's second silent speaking to each other offering others that same care and presence. Today, as I imagine how we are to follow the one who walked that shoreline calling disciples, I want to really live the differences of the callings that he offered. There are great gifts of the words he gave to Simon and Andrew, changing the nature of their lives and their work, turning them into people who could fish for people. Patiently, with all the lures they could muster, using all the words, all the teaching, 
all the sharing that they could. But there are also gifts of whatever it was that called James and John. Because if we are going to live our own lives and live lives for each other, we will need both words and wordlessness. It cannot be a mistake that the next two stories of Jesus we have in the Gospel of Mark, this is how I get you to come to church the next two weeks, the next two stories we have are one in which he teaches and cleanses with a word, and then another in which he heals simply by taking someone's hand. No words. We are called to speak, to share Jesus' hope for justice when no word of justice has been spoken, to speak boldly in our common life that God is with us and God is calling us to be with others in times of great need and great injustice. And I am thankful for all the times that we find words here to invite us to speak together of God's love and care for others. But we are also called to be part of God's great echo in the silence as well, taking hands which long to be held and holding that space when no word of comfort dare be spoken. Twice we have heard it. God's steadfast love is always with us. May we live that out in all that we speak, but also in the silence we keep together. Joining in God's unending care for one another and all creation. Amen.